coming up on this next segment of Sports Rap Podcast, we will break down and discuss The Last Dance, Episodes 7 and 8, coming at you right now. All right, folks. All right, all right, all right. It's your boy. I am back. And we are about to delve into The Last Dance, Episodes 7 and 8. Premiered last night on ESPN, and I hope uh, you have been watching. I hope you have enjoyed um, almost as much as I have. Uh, I am just a, a diehard basketball fan uh, in need of basketball, so this is like the perfect timing for this documentary to be out. And again, I like the way that they stretched it out, um, giving us five weeks two episodes a night and I think it's great and again like I keep reiterating every time um, I discuss it on air I love the way that it was put together um, when they give you trivia in between uh, when they go on commercial breaks they give you little history facts things of that nature and they also give you the full history um, as players and situations are introduced um, into the story so Episode 7 and 8 delve into the fact that how Michael Jordan uh, was a stickler for uh, almost perfection, if you will, for lack of a better word. Uh, His work ethic is what he expected out of his teammates, and he attempted to push them to be as aggressive and as competitive as he was okay um so first segment says he was built mike mj played for the playoffs so we know michael jordan played for the playoffs and that's when we know as nba fans season heightens the competition level heightens things of that nature go on as we like to say the playoffs are a totally different animal um you know his playoffs with the high and this is his quote from michael the playoffs is the highest level of competition that we have in our game end quote okay he also goes on to say and i quote you had you've got 82 games in the regular season but you can kick all that aside playoffs is the playoffs and to be able to play against the best competition that was the driving force for me without a doubt end quote so, as you see, and as you saw in the previous episodes, and if you know anything about Michael Jordan, he always wanted to rise to the occasion. He always accepted the challenge. Um, you could never tell him that he couldn't do something because he would come back and show you that he could and how great he could do it. Um, it also went into the fact about details slightly about him and his father. Uh, they talked about the death of his father, um, how that played out, what that did to Michael Jordan, how that affected him in a heavy way. Um, he, he mentioned that his father was like a friend to him. Um, if you notice, they were always together, always, always together. And, you know, um, the tragic um, event of his father passing, um, 
followed up all the pressure Jordan faced in the NBA over the preceding years. It isn't difficult to see why Jordan walked from the game in 1993. And that was after his father had passed, and he felt like he had done enough. He couldn't go on anymore. There was no more joy in it. So he retired, and he went on to make a stand in baseball. Uh, A lot of people had a lot to say about him going into playing baseball. Uh, Believe it or not, he was actually pretty good. Um, He hit 202. Uh, drove in 50-something RBIs. So um, they had, uh, I think it was Terry Francona at the time who was um, on the, who was on the, appeared on the last dance. And he even mentioned that they had uh, top or alleged top minor league prospects who didn't do that. So it was amazing to see what Michael could do um, in that. Um, I also, it also showed that that was probably the best time uh, being in the spotlight, if you will, being a celebrity for Michael Jordan. Um, his father was gone. And in the minor leagues, you know, they say that your family is your teammates because you're always together. You're so close-knit. And Michael was his ever-loving, off-the-field self when he was with them. Um, he was playful. He enjoyed their company. They enjoyed his company. But once he got on the field to be competitive, you know, it was a different thing. His work ethic as far as baseball was just as great as it was in basketball. And he wanted to succeed. Um, then they go into the issue where they say labeled, he never turned it off. Uh, and this was a very, very good point um, for any basketball fans, any basketball coaches, any basketball players. And it goes into detail and it talks about the practices and the things that he went through with uh particular this particular time with scott burrell uh and michael jordan even says in the documentary that he knew that scott burrell was talented you know he came coming from connecticut you know big time college for basketball um very talented but he said he was very humbled uh he would mike would go at him and practice and everything and later on down the line, as you saw, it proved where one of the comeback games um, in the playoffs, Michael Jordan ended up with 38, and Scotty Burrell had a great game with 23 points in that game. So, you know, he never let down. He even said that he even tried to get Scotty Burrell to fight him a couple times. But he mentioned that it was in a good way. He wanted him to have the same competitive nature that he had. Um, he wanted his teammates to be just as fiery and feisty as he was because that way he felt like they could be one entire unit. So he figured if I can do that, um, I can push them to some point to one day be great, you know, Um, and that's what he wanted for his teammates. Uh, As a former player, former coach, on the player side, a lot of times you want a teammate like that that's going to push you to be great. Um, I think that is the making of a good captain, a good teammate. Uh, as a coach, on that perspective, I also think it's great because now I have an extension of myself who wants this team to be great, who wants his teammates to be Blair, who wants his brothers to be just as great as he was. Um, they talked about the year without Jordan. Okay. Um, then they go into talking about 
the slights of this of the things to go after. Uh, they mentioned in the playoffs upon his return against uh, Charlotte with former teammate B.J. Armstrong. Charlotte wins those first two games. You know, uh, Mike thought felt like B.J. should have had a little bit more respect. Um, you know, kind of hindsight uh, being the devil, playing the devil's, playing devil's advocate here, where he felt like he should have known better. He should have been a little bit more respectful. But again, we saw what happened. Mike took it to heart, and he showed out for the next three games, and they won. He Over the next three games in that series, um, all Bulls wins. Jordan went for 30.3 points, was a plus was a plus 37 overall and it was another example of how Jordan fed his competitive fire uh, these guys he also um, earlier in his career he allegedly told MJ um, LeBradford Smith mentioned to Mike uh, and I quote nice game Mike after a solid performance against the Bulls Jordan goes and tells his teammates that he was going to dominate Smith the next time they met and he did to the tune of 47 points the return of Michael Jordan, he only played 17 games that season, and I like to tell this story. I tell the story in my own version about the return. I just feel like um, if he had not retired the first time and they had those two years off where they didn't win it, they could have possibly went on an eight championship run, not just two three-peats. They could have won eight. Uh, he showed, you know, it was all the talk about him coming back and all of the other nonsense about him returning, uh, coming to be part of the Bulls and returning back, thinking that it might hurt the team, yada, 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 whatever, whatever. But he returned, and it wasn't what he expected. Okay, teams had gotten better, you know. It is what it is. The Nick, the uh, Magic beat them, and there was a little episode with Nick uh, – forget his name Nick Anderson laughing about the situation when them beating them but then you saw what happened following that training camp full training camp they come back and they win another three there was also the summer of the filming of Def Jam um, Def Jam Space Jam 1995 okay uh, but he told the studio he needed his own basketball facility to work on his game during the shoot Okay, so this shows you how dedicated he was to his game, to his craft. Um, you know, there was uh, Tim Grover was there with him long before they started inviting NBA stars like Reggie Miller, Jawan Howard, Dennis Rodman for pickup games. Um, despite the 6 a.m. start times for the movie, Jordan went all out on the floor and on the weights. Space Jam was not a distraction. The allure of playing with Playing on the Warner Brothers lot gave MJ his scouting and him scouting opportunities he would have otherwise not had. Okay, finally, in Jordan's first full season back with the Bulls, uh, Chicago won an NBA record 72 games. MJ averaged 30.4 points, 6.6 .6 rebounds, 4.3 assists, and 2.2 steals. Rodney Hall, what's going on, my guy? Philadelphia Soul, what's happening, bro? Um, of course, that meant nothing to the goal without a championship, okay? And then you have what happened. 
they won the championship again, completing their third championship or looking for number six. So episode seven and eight showed more of MJ's competitive nature. Uh, it showed some things that could be looked at on two sides of the spectrum or both sides of the fence as far as him being a teammate. Uh, even Will Purdue said, yes, he was a blank blank. He was this, he was that. But now looking back, it helped them a lot. It worked. You know, they look back now and they're like, wow, it really worked. You know, after what we did as a team, what we accomplished as a team and the way he was. But it also showed how jokingly loving he was to his teammates, to regular people. Um, they said he always would pick a kid and meet a kid. They said his dad would always pick a kid at the beginning of games and at the end of games. His kid would be in the locker room meeting Michael Jordan, having the best time of his life. So you can take a little bit from both sides of the fence and see that um, you can make your own uh, assumption, your own decisions on how you view him what you think of him um, in that aspect, and take it from there. So I look forward to the culmination of the documentary, Episodes 9 and 10, which will air next Sunday, uh, 9 p.m. on ESPN. And again, we'll be back next Monday to recap uh, Episodes 9 and 10, the final two episodes of that uh, documentary, which I think is a very, very good documentary. Like I said, if you have not seen any of it, you need to get on board. You need to go back on demand and check ESPN and whoever and find art, uh, find the rest of the episodes and watch them from the beginning and catch yourself up. It's very good, very detailed, um, and you see different sides from people. Um, another particular incident when Mike was away, the team was playing well. Scotty was having um, arguably an MVP season. Then there was that one game, and they detailed this out, that one game. Um, and this is all in the midst of the, as they say, the emergence of Tony Kukoc as well. Uh, throughout that season, Kukoc had hit a number of game winners. In this particular game against the Knicks, um, it came down to the last second. Phil drew up a play for Tony to take the shot because he knew Tony had hit similar shots like this before. Scotty was upset. Um, Scotty refused to go into the game. Okay. Uh, after the fact, you know, Scotty apologized to his teammates. He made up. MJ chimed in and said, you know, Scotty should know better. Uh, and then Scotty even said to himself, in hindsight, he says, now that I look back, it probably might not have been the right decision at the time, but he said if I was in that position again, he probably wouldn't change it. So you have a man who stuck to his guns, who stuck to his morals, you know, and what he felt was right, and he said he would probably do it again. So, you know, he felt slighted again, and that also goes, ties into all of that stuff that was tied into those episodes before with the contracts and the things of that nature with um, the Dream Team and how everything played out with Jerry Krause. Um, in that organization at that time. So, with that being said, folks, I want to leave you with one trivia question. Uh, I am going to post this trivia 
later today too as well. I just want to have some fun to see who can come up with the answers. The answer was given um, on the show, on the documentary. So and here it is. There were three All-Stars, Cherie, during uh, the absence of Michael Jordan in the 93-94 season. Chicago Bulls still ended up with three All-Stars for that year. Who were those three players? Again, I will post this uh, on my page once I get wrap up things here. So tell me, there were three players that were All-Stars, the 93-94 season in the absence of MJ. Who were those three players? That being said, folks, uh, I hope you enjoyed just show today. I hope you learned some things about fighters and boxing hope you learned some things about the sneaker game and how those contracts and how those players are compensated and i hope you just enjoy the recap the quick brief recap of episode seven and eight of the last dance stay tuned all week long folks you know where to find me uh facebook group page sports rap radio show instagram and twitter at sports rap underscore d youtube sports rap tv you can get the podcast on iheart uh radio and wherever you get your podcast the webpage sportswrapradio.com check me out see what i do call me if you want advertising or email me if you want some advertising i can show you how you can advertise with us uh i can get you all the information you just have to email me serious inquiries only that being said, it's your boy D signing out. Enjoy today. It was rainy earlier, but I see the sun is coming out. The weather might be picking up. I hope all the mothers had a beautiful Mother's Day yesterday. And be safe on purpose, people. It's your boy signing out. Thank you for tuning in. As always, I will see you next week and all week on social media. Peace.